When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harpin, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It is Friday. I hope you are ready for the weekend. I hope you got some good plans coming up. Hope you had a great week, by the way. And we have a lot to talk about in this podcast. Not only do we have Blue Check Beck coming up in the second half, like we always do on Friday, where we're going to talk about the, the conference championship games coming up. We're going to talk about all the latest breaking news with the Steelers. I want to pick his brain on a couple things. And on Thursday, well, we all saw the news. And if you didn't see it, you don't follow BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you didn't see it, you weren't on social media. Uh, and that was that Ben Roethlisberger made his retirement official. No longer is there any speculation about whether he might come back or maybe he still wants to play or maybe the Steelers don't want him. I've literally heard every single fake, made-up, speculative narrative out there, and he put it all to bed. Thursday around 10 a.m. is when he released a video uh, that's – it was really touching, actually, when you watch it. It was like two two minutes and two and a half minutes, so give or take. And it was just about him thanking his family – where he came from, and that means Finley, Ohio, Miami, uh, the Red Hawks, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the fans. Very well done. I'm going to talk about that. My random thoughts on this podcast is going to be all Ben, random thoughts, and I want to talk a, a lot more about that. I'll get to that. Before we get to the Ben news, and before I get to the main crux of this podcast, I want to remind you, you listeners out there, behindthesteelcurtain.com, it should be your one-stop shop. For all things Steelers, 
regardless of what you want, latest news, film rooms, commentary, features, long form, we've got it all right there, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you check that out. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, you all been doing a great job, a great, great job, and I've decided, you know, I've asked so many times that I've asked all of our listeners out there, especially on Apple Podcasts, because Apple Podcasts, we know based on our analytics that that is where the vast majority of our fans are in terms of our listeners and our downloads come from that that platform. And you all have come through. You guys have gotten us more five-star ratings. We appreciate it. But there were a couple comments that I want to read, some new comments that came out that I want to read. So I'm going to do this now. I'm going to check probably about once a week, maybe every Friday. If there's any new comments, I will read them. And some of these are really good. This is from Paterico. Best Steelers podcast was the subject line, and here's what they write. This podcast is one of the best podcasts for complete Steelers information. Every show offers different points of view from every type of Steeler fan. From the diehard Yinzer fan to the biggest skeptic doubter, you are all covered. Want to be ready for next year's Steelers team? Stay tuned. I guarantee you will be the most knowledgeable Steelers fan of anyone you know. Here we go, Steelers. Wow. I mean, <laughs> what a great comment. Thank you very much. And then on Monday, Zach writes, rising in the rankings. These guys have been great and consistent for years now. I've found myself listening to them more and more than other Steelers podcasts, less Jeff, Dave, and Brian have done a solid job. Thank you very much, Zach. Um, last week, Ruin It Randy says, honest, human, honorable. So many times over these over the years, these guys have taken time to know and care for their listeners, readers, and watchers. They are thoughtful, know the organization, but most of all, they love Steelers football. Well worth a listen. Also, check out their YouTube channel. There's a lot of people that wrote, love the podcast, but here's one that was probably maybe my favorite comment ever. And this is from Nick Ferrier. He says, a slice of home. And he writes, I grew up 26 miles northwest of Heinz Field. Life and work took me away from home over a decade ago. Ever since I left home, I missed the camaraderie and social engagement that came with Steeler season in my community growing up. Then I found this community a few years ago, and it was like being reunited with an old friend. This group puts out a ton of quality content with a little something for everyone. Some episodes are kind of kooky and lighthearted. Some episodes are deep dives into X's and O's and analytics. Steelers fans, welcome home. What else can you say? Like, I want to thank you all. Our Spotify ratings are great. Um, keep those up. Every Friday I'll look back, and if there's any new comments, I will read them on the air. And that means a lot to me. It means a lot to Dave and Brian and everyone else that reads those. It also means a lot to the platform, and it helps promote our products. So thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. Okay, so the topic of today is the Steelers. They have a lot of work to do this offseason. We know that. But they have as much work to do off the field as they do on the field. Yes, I know the on-field production was, we'll say, hit or miss. Well, and That might be putting it mildly, but we'll say hit or miss. But off the field, I am talking about one word, leadership. I'll say it again. For those that were asleep or not paying attention in the back of the room, leadership. It was probably about four years ago when the Steelers started to what they called draft high-character guys. They said, you know, we don't want to deal with the Martavis Bryants anymore. We don't want to have the headaches of a Le'Veon Bell anymore. We're trying to avoid 
as much as we can, another Antonio Brown. So they started drafting players that everyone, including the organization themselves, deemed to be high-character guys. And they succeeded. But I want to make something very clear. A high-character individual does not necessarily mean they are a leader. Someone that falls in line, does everything you ask them to do, never gets in trouble in the offseason, never gets in trouble off the field, that does not make that individual a leader. It just doesn't. I mean, that's fact. So now I look at the Steelers, and I'm thinking to myself, who are the leaders going to be? With Ben Roethlisberger officially retiring, who are the leaders going to be? Well, on defense, it's the big three. The big three will remain. The big three will also remain the leaders on that team. And we're talking about Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick. They all lead in their own way, and people follow. Because that's the key here, folks. I've said this before on my podcast, and I'll say it again. It is about the people that lead, and then they have those that follow. They don't care about the spotlight. It doesn't, it's not forced. You don't feel that it's like people are, you know, being forced into a position, and these leaders are trying to lead, but it's not because it's, everyone always thinks about the quarterback as has to be a leader, but the, the quarterback isn't always that type of leader. That's really important to state. Ben Roethlisberger, while I do feel by the end of his career had kind of found his own way of leading, earlier in his career was a horrible leader. He was not that guy. No one followed him. That's not a cut on Ben. That's just the way that it was. He hadn't figured it out yet. He hadn't figured out his own life, let alone how to lead others. Now, at the end of his career, he had kind of found his way, and I think that's really important to note. So when the Steelers are talking about high-character guys and those are the players they're looking to acquire, whether it's through free agency or whether it's through the draft, I think it's time that they also start looking at leadership as a factor. And this is something Najee Harris, their first-round pick in 2021, he was asked about this in the lead-up to the draft by teams they would meet. They would ask about, hey, would would you be a captain? What do you think about that? And he kind of, we'll just say he didn't backpedal He didn't him-haw his way around it, but he certainly didn't say, yes, I want to be a captain. And I understand that. And you look at his situation with Roethlisberger still in the fold at the time. You don't want to step on anyone's toes. You don't want anyone to think that you're coming in as a rookie and you're trying to just take everything over. But he's going to have an opportunity. In year two, he's going to have an opportunity to step up into a leadership role. Without Ben Roethlisberger... Then think about this for a second. Without Ben Roethlisberger, who are the leaders on offense? Now, Jeffrey Benedict, who, if you listen to his podcast, The Cutting Room Floor, great job, solid stuff. I listen every week, never miss an episode. He also is a writer for the website. And he has an article coming out today, Friday. I believe it's going to be like 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. And it's asking that very question. Who is going to be the leader for the offense If Ben Roethlisberger is now officially done, which he is. He talked about, could it be Juju Smith-Schuster? Well, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. He looked back at all the data of the past captains, and no player, I don't think, in the Mike Tomlin era has ever been a captain that hasn't been in the organization for two years. So if Najee Harris is a captain next season, well, that would be, he'd be, you know, blazing a new trail, so to speak. This is just something that I thought about the other day that really kind of stuck with me. 
People think, for some reason, I don't know why, that at the professional level, in the NFL level, that coaching, leading, doesn't matter. I cannot say that I disagree any more than if you believe in what I just said. If you believe that it doesn't matter, if you don't think that leadership matters and that coaching matters, even in the NFL, I completely disagree with you. Completely disagree. You can believe whatever you want. That's fine. I think that leadership does matter. And you need to have leaders on both sides of the ball. There's a reason why the Steelers, and they're not the only team, has a special teams captain, a defensive captain or captains, and offensive captains. There's a reason why. If there's an offensive issue, it's the offensive captain that takes care of it. Same with the defense and special teams. So this past season, they only had three. Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger, and Derek Watt for special teams. So you have to ask yourself, this is a this is a concern, in my opinion, for this offense moving forward without number seven at the helm. Who's going to step up in that leadership role? Now, Jeffrey Benedict in the article, not to spoiler it or anything, but he thinks that if Juju Smith-Schuster comes back, he would easily step into that role and he would do a great job. And I'm not disagreeing. But it just goes to show you that on the offensive side of the football, from a leadership standpoint, the cupboard is bare. The cupboard is bare. If Juju Smith-Schuster leaves for whatever team, Kansas City, the Chargers, I, I don't even know. Whoever, whatever team, it doesn't matter which team. But if he leaves, the Steelers are left with no one to step up and say, I'm the guy. I will be the guy. I will be the leader of this group and make sure that our ducks are in a row and that we're getting the job done. Now, some will say that whoever the quarterback is is the next leader, whether they like it or not, whether it's Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, a rookie, Joshua Dobbs, someone outside the, the organization. I don't know who, but I don't necessarily buy that. I don't especially don't buy someone coming into the organization and saying all of a sudden, wow, I'm a leader, I'm a captain. Let's say that they were to bring in a, well, we'll say, we'll say my guy, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota comes in, he's a good leader, and he's definitely leading the team. I don't think he'd be a captain. He can be a leader, but I don't think he'd be a captain. That would be kind of weird. It'll be interesting. But the Steelers, when they look at these players, when they think about free agents they want to bring in, when they think about the draft, I think it's important that they start not only looking at character. That's still important. But they start looking at leadership. Start looking at leadership. Who are the players that were captains in college? Who were the players that definitely had the look like, you know what, I'll, I'll live and die for this team? That's the type of leader you want. And when you think about the great Steelers teams, even in since 2000 on in the Kevin Colbert era, they were known for having great leaders. Joey Porter. He had his deficiencies as a player, but boy, was he a locker room leader. You're talking about Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, and even players that weren't the vocal leaders. You're talking about the Aaron Smiths, the Brett Kiesels. Uh, you're talking about the Marquise Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey was never a guy that was now the rah-rah guy, but you better believe he led that team. He led that offense. They need some of that. It's going to be a lot of work that they need to do this offseason. Okay, enough leadership talk. Let's talk about some random thoughts, and that is all about Ben Roethlisberger. So Ben Roethlisberger, as I said at the start of the show, he did this video. Great job. I thought the video was great. And uh, 
damn you, Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sitting in my office and I'm getting ready to eat my lunch. And I look down, I'm like, okay, I've seen this video circulating on Twitter. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And here I am almost getting emotional while I eat my lunch. And it's like, gosh, damn you, Ben. So it's it's laughable, but it, it was a great video. It really was. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's everywhere. It's on Steelers.com. It's on the app. It's on Twitter. You name it. Go watch it. It's not long. And I also recommend that you watch the video that was released by the Steelers that had all these former players from Brett Kiesel to Kendall Simmons to Mike Wallace, Ramon Foster, Alan Fanica, um, Max Starks, even Tommy Maddox made an appearance. Uh, check that video out. And they all just wished Ben Roethlisberger well in his retirement. But I'm, I want to say one thing about the video. I'm, I'm still hopeful. I'm not going to say he's not going to do it. But as of now, I'm glad he didn't do a press conference. I'm glad he didn't have a press conference and announce his retirement, do everything like that. And the reason being is that I I don't think he needs to answer any more questions. I don't want to hear the flipping media asking him questions about who he thinks the next quarterback is going to be. He doesn't have to answer that. He doesn't have to. He's done. That's someone else's job now, not his. So I'm glad Ben didn't do a presser. I don't want it. He's answered all the questions he asked you this season in the last 18 years. He doesn't need to do it again. He released a great, heartfelt video. His family was there on the couch as he read this statement. Great job. Great job. Well-timed. Also, let's talk about the timing. It was well-timed to the fact that he, he let the Steelers know. He let the fans know, I'm not coming back. The, the, the Steelers said, Mike Tomlin said this, that he is under the assumption that he is going to retire, but he had never said it. And so you know what? He, can't, he comes out in January. And he says, I'm done. I'm retiring from football. This isn't going to be Brett Favre. I'm done. And so that was great, too. Let's let's put a bow on it. We've had a great finish to his career with the win against the Browns on Monday night. Uh, In week 18 against the Ravens in M&T Bank Stadium. And even though they didn't win in the playoffs, the fact that he got there one last time, this just puts a bow on it. Okay, good. I thought it was great. Please don't do it. A press. Please don't now. Please don't go do a press conference, Ben. Just let this be it. <laughs> don't make me look like a fool. Okay, last. Um, the last thing here. And really, only two random thoughts. Uh, I kind of s- strung a bunch together. There's a lot of fans out there. I've, I thought about this on my drive home from work on Thursday. There's a lot of fans out there that listen to podcasts that are of a certain age group and a certain uh, demographic. And what I mean by that is I actually have a lot of listeners, and many of you have reached out on social media, email, and you are younger. And when I say younger, you're probably my age. I'm 38 years old or younger. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are the people that pretty much want to listen to podcasts. The older generation, like my father, he doesn't listen to my podcasts. He's just not his cup of tea. He's going to be driving somewhere. He's listening to music. He doesn't want to listen to people talk. That's fine. It's fine. It's kind of a generational thing. And so I thought about the fact that I do have a younger audience. And there's several members of the Ride or Die crew out there that don't know the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. Now, I have an article that's going to run on Friday today at I think it's 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time and it's all about Ben Roethlisberger retired now what and now what do we do and it's all about expectations and I hope you check it out but to summarize I essentially say in the article that you got to realize that it's not going to be tomorrow that the Steelers find the next quarterback could they 
potentially they could, but it might take some time. Don't compare whatever quarterback is under center to Roethlisberger. If it's Rudolph, great, Haskins, whatever. We cannot compare him to an 18-year veteran future Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not fair to anyone. And then on top of that, I look at the the fact that the, the, those fans that are old enough to remember pre-Roethlisberger or those that are older than me that know the post-Bradshaw era, it, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. You have to be patient. It's a process. And the hope is it just doesn't take as long to have that Bradshaw to Ben era that we all talk about. There you go. Check out that article, pinesteelcurtain.com. All right, when we come back after this break, I'm going to have Michael Beck on. We're going to talk about all things Steelers as well as some picks. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, my ride or die crew. It's the second segment Friday. That means it's our favorite Canuck time. The blue check back segment with our only verified member of the behind the steel curtain staff, our deputy editor. What's up, Michael? How's it going? Oh, uh, not too much, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I, uh, I was a little sad on mm-hmm. Thursday. You know, the, I, I'm sure you watched the video. I think you were the one that put it in our Slack channel of the big Ben seven accounts man, that video kind of got me. Like, I thought yeah. I was done with it, you know? Like, I thought everything was done. Like, the Monday night game, the Sunday game in Baltimore, the playoffs. To, I thought I was done. I wasn't done. Like, what what was your reaction when you saw that video? It was exactly the same, honestly. Um, when I saw it, I, I I damn near shed a tear in the, in my locker room before uh, starting my my uh, work for the day. Um, it, was, uh, it was one that definitely, uh, I, I think for me, Ben never said he was retiring up until that moment. Uh, it, it, it was real. All of a sudden, it became real. Um, so with that finally hitting, uh, I, I think at that moment, I was like, okay, um, it, it, this, this, is, this is the only quarterback I've really ever known, really. Like, yeah. I'm 25 going on 26. He's been the quarterback the last 18 years. I, I really don't – like, I, I remember Tommy Maddox a little bit, sure, but – I know Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's just not going to be a thing anymore. It, it's gone. 
Uh, and I'm just trying to smile because it happened and not be sad because it, it, it's over. But it, it's kind of hard not to be sad uh, about not having a franchise quarterback anymore in an era of the NFL where you need a franchise quarterback to really do anything. It was when he was cleaning out his locker, you know, because as he was taking the pictures down of his kids, like I know what that's like, like in my office mm-hmm. at work, I have all these pictures of my kids and you just kind of collect almost like this memorabilia. And as he's taking it down at the very end, he takes his nameplate off and like, God, like that's incredible. Like when you, when you say 18 years, it's 18 years. And I, I know that there's a lot of fans that are older. I'm talking like my father's generation that saw four Super Bowls with Terry Bradshaw and those great legendary steel curtain defenses. But, and they scoff at these people almost like yourself that they don't know anything other than Ben. It's not like it's their fault. You know, they weren't fair weather fans that jumped on the bandwagon. They just weren't alive for really the pre Ben Roethlisberger era. Um, but Michael, I guess I want to ask you because you're one of these people. And I, I kind of earlier in the show, I gave my advice to those that were in your shoes. And that was, you know, like, don't have any expectations. You, you, when you go from the Neil O'Donnell's and the Cordell Stewart's and the Mike Tom's acts and the Bubby Brister's and you know, the Tommy Maddox's and, and all these quarterbacks that Steeler fans that have been old enough to know all these players, it, you, you know that you can't expect Roethlisberger right away or maybe ever again. And so you just kind of have to change those expectations. But when you think about the future and you think about the Steelers minus number seven for you, cause you're in a different boat than I am at your age, what is going to change for you outside of the fact that Roethlisberger is not going to be under seven, it, it, whether it's expectations, whether that's offensively, what's going to change. Honestly, I think a lot of this has to do with the, the state of the rest of the AFC. Um, you look at Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and what uh, the L.A. Chargers are kind of cooking up with Justin Herbert. Uh, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals who are on a tear right now with Joe Burrow, like teams with great young quarterback play. I, I think my expectations are basically nothing uh, moving forward until the Steelers can find a guy on that level or those guys retire in 15, 20 years. I, I, I hate to say those numbers, but uh Really, that's that's kind of the name of the game right now, unless football changes again to somehow being a run first game again, which I, I just can't ever see happening. It's kind of hard to have any real expectation this team unless they were to build some sort of defensive juggernaut or something that that is actually able to slow down these guys and have like an 85 Bears type situation where the defense is just so overwhelming uh, to the offense. But like how realistic are those expectations either? In today's game, like, sure, good defense helps, but we see what happens when a good defense is tired in that uh, that Bills-Chiefs uh, game. 25 points are scored in the last minute, 58 seconds, and then the first drive of overtime, there's another touchdown. You I always, need good yeah, quarterback play. You're right. I always kind of warn people, I, in, in a way, when you think about some of the Steelers teams in the past, you know that they win in 05, they win in 08, they go back in 2010, I mean, there's a lot of people that said the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a problem for a really long time. And then you had even 2014, 2015, 2017, a 13 and three season. It never amounted to anything. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen with like Kansas city and Buffalo, but I think fans should remember that the salary cap gets everyone. Number one, you know, you cannot pay everyone. And so they've already paid Mahomes in Kansas city. Travis Kelsey's eventually going to want his money. Tyreek Hill's going to want even more money and they're going to have to part ways with some of these players. I'm just saying like, I understand how daunting it seems right now. This league more than any other professional sports league out there has a way of leveling the playing field. 
So if the Steelers can get a defense like you described, and they can even find a quarterback that is serviceable, can win you some games if you have to, not saying they're superstar, I think they're still going to be competitive in the conference. But I I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, especially with the playoffs coming up. We'll get to those in a second, or the the championship games uh, coming up this Sunday. I want to ask you about positional needs. And the Steelers, I'm not talking about free agency or draft. It can be any way. Michael, if I were to tell you, give me one position, do not go broad spectrum with offensive line or defensive line. I want specifics. If you had to pick one position that you said, this is the priority this off season, again, doesn't have to be in the draft does not have to be solely free agency. It could be either or, or both. What position is that? <laughs> that is a brutal question because of how many priorities. <laughs> I know that's have. why I asked you, you got to answer it. Oh, Obviously, I would love to sit here and tell you quarterback, but I, I, I can't. This team, again, has so many holes. That at first, I'm going to tell you center. Uh, I, I think you, you like the, your three real, really most important positions in a football team to me, quarterback first and foremost, your left tackle and your center, and then it kind of branches off from there. I, I think they might have something in Dan Moore. And it really doesn't matter if the quarterback spent all their – the Steelers, excuse me, spent all their money on a quarterback – what is that quarterback going to do behind a, an offensive line that could be even worse this this upcoming year than it was in 2021? Um, so to me, I'm going to go with the center spot. They need someone who's got to be able to uh, call out those protections. They need someone that's not going to be firing the snap over quarterback's head. Like like those plays, they matter. Ben Roethlisberger is he'll go down as a quarterback that was able to. Uh, bring in some pretty terrible snaps aside from one in a playoff game against the Browns. Like we even saw Mason Rudolph in his one game with Kendrick green. There was that one snap that fired over his head in the, in the pouring rain that was ended up going for what, like a 20 yard loss. Yeah. Plays like that kill drives. You need to be able to snap the football. I know it seems so simple, but it's one of those things you need to be able to call the plays confidently and you can't get blown back. If your center's getting driven into the lap of the quarterback or the lap of the running back, those plays die. It doesn't matter what happens anywhere else. You have to be solid there. And I know a lot of people want to give Kendrick Green another shot. I think the position is far too important. And really for the Steelers to have any offensive success next year, uh, I think it starts with this offensive line, starts with that center spot, and it, then starting to be able to get uh, someone like Najee Harris, more running lanes. We saw what he could do behind a terrible offensive line. The Steelers need to focus on fixing it. And the most important spot that's open is that center spot. So believe it or not, and I don't know if you saw this article that ran on behindthesteelcurtain.com, I put out this week my first team needs, in which case I take a look at the top five positions that I think are the most important in an offseason. And I, it, I basically laid out the exact same thing I asked you, and that is I'm not saying it has to be draft needs. I'm not saying it's free agency. It could be any way. And I had center at the top. And I didn't even have quarterback in the top five. And I was ripped to shreds a little bit in the comments saying, how in the world can you not have a quarterback? I just feel like the team needs on this current group, if you want to call it that, considering all the free agents they had, have going into this offseason, they need to bolster their lineup in other areas. So I only had one position that wasn't in the trenches, offensively or defensively along the lines in my top five. And I want to see if you agree or disagree. And that was actually a cornerback. Mm. You agree with that assessment or do you think it should be another position? Would it be quarterback in your top five? That's not on the offensive line or defensive line. 
I wholeheartedly agree with you, especially because uh, it's a conversation Jeffrey Benedict and I have had a number of times. Uh, If you have a good quarterback, but a terrible offense, like still, you're only going to get so much out of that. Um, Getting a rookie quarterback killed uh, is just going to ruin their confidence. And it's not something you can really build off of. So I'm not putting quarterback in the top five either. Uh, Really, for me, it comes down to inside linebacker or corner. Uh, and the Steelers, considering their top two outside corners are free agents and Witherspoon and Hayden uh, and how poor their nickel play was, absolutely, I'm going – the biggest need on defense I still think is on the defensive line, uh, adding especially to its uh, not coming back. That's the disclaimer. But uh, aside from that, that corner spot needs to be addressed, and I, I agree with you. It needs to be in that top five. So you know the, these draft prospects a lot more than I do, and I, I will start diving into them after the Super Bowl. But when you th- when you look at the draft and you look at the positional needs of the Steelers and you look at the players, you know you're talking the twentieth pick. There are some picks that that might change. Like for instance, the sixth rounder they got from Melvin Ingram is a conditional pick, so we don't know when they'll pick in the sixth round there. But still, what position do you think would be the best to target in this draft based on players coming out from college? So it's pretty well known that this is a pretty weak quarterback draft. Um, this this really isn't the year to have your franchise uh, quarterback to retire, but that's a, the position the Steelers find themselves in. Um, sure, there could be a Dak Prescott or someone in the third round ends up being a, a, like a true franchise quarterback, but uh, it's almost impossible to predict those. Um, this draft, it's strongest at corner. Uh, it's, it's a really deep corner draft. The only thing that makes me sweat is how bad the Steelers have been historically at drafting corners the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's a good year. Maybe the Steelers need to take a shotgun approach and try to draft multiple corners and hope one hits because of how, how much they've struggled with it at that position. But uh, when it comes to positional strength, corner is huge. Uh, I think the defensive line is also a pretty talented crop. Um, Aside from that, there really isn't like the, the crazy big names across the board that we've seen out of other drafts uh, at the very top end. Uh, those pass rushers that won't uh, ever see the Steelers are kind of like the strong strongest of the draft, but it kind of falls off around where the Steelers are picking around 20. It, it's going to be like like I mentioned. Uh, the Steelers, until they hit free agency, it's almost impossible to mock draft this team. Another article that ran in, uh, behind the steel curtain. But, uh, oh, man, um, for me, that 20th pick, that's, that's that. honestly, I feel like it, even, what, three seconds before the pick is made, we're not going to know what the heck's going on, regardless of who's available. It's it's no man's land. That's what it I really call is. it. Like, top 10, you have pegged. Okay, this guy's going to be available. This guy's probably going to be gone. Unless something catastrophic happens, we have our guy. And then 10 to 20, you're like, okay, we're just going to kind of sit back and we're going to, we know where these chips can fall. 20 on, I feel like it's no man's land. You're literally just, you're heaving up a prayer unless absolutely, you know, you know exactly who you want, like they did last year with Najee Harris. But, you know, we're going to have a lot of time to dissect the offseason needs and things like that. Uh, But, Let's get to those game picks. There's only two games left. This is depressing for me. Um, you know, typically, I always say divisional weekend is my favorite weekend, and it lived up to the hype, didn't it, Michael? What, oh, what yeah. a slate of games that was. Uh, outside of Buffalo and Kansas City, which that was like an instant classic, even though I hated both teams. Which game outside of Kansas City did you like the most? 
I, I have to go with the LA Rams uh, knocking off Tom Brady. Um, really, that game, uh, for the Rams to crush them, I felt really good by that. I kind of felt sick when Brady started coming back and tied that game. But then I felt great again after uh, Stafford hit Cooper Cup and uh, the Rams walk off with that field goal, knocking Brady out, out of the playoffs. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, another article that ran on BTSC is Brady living rent-free in Steeler fans said, yeah, and for good reason. Um, and honestly, watching him lose it, I, I'm a fan of that uh, 10 times out of 10. So I, I would point to that game, just watching a, an old uh, AFC foe, someone that was a thorn in the side of the Steelers and probably kept him out of a, a couple more Super Bowls in the Ben era. Um, it was nice to see, uh, see him uh, take an L. To me, this was like a, as great as the weekend was, it was also the weekend of brain farts. You know, the 13 seconds in Kansas City, you can't keep them off the board in 13 seconds. You don't squib kick. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, goodness gracious, what the heck was he doing? You yeah. got the special teams snafus up in Green Bay. How do you not guard Cooper Cup? <laughs> because <laughs> probably the, the statistically the best receiver in football. You just let him run free with the game on the line. But that was that's the kind of weekend it was. And so now we have the AFC game is first this week, this weekend, Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals go to Arrowhead and play the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under on this game is 54 and a half, and Cincinnati is getting seven and a half. Michael, what do you think about the AFC championship game? Yeah, I think this line is ridiculous considering the Bengals were the last team to beat the Chiefs, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the Bengals look pretty darn good against the Chiefs in that game, too. Uh, I'm not sure the Chiefs have the DBs to run with all three of those uber-talented receivers that the Bengals possess. I think this is good. Uh, I really don't want to see Kansas City in another Super Bowl for the third straight year. It's kind of that Tom Brady effect now with Patrick Mahomes. I, I just don't want to see it. Um so I hate to to kind of be pulling for the bank. I, like I want to see the Bengals lose in the Super Bowl. So I think what I want to see, but what I think will happen, I think we'll see the Bengals cover, but the Chiefs progress to their third straight Super Bowl. Give me the Bengals plus seven and a half, and I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be another scoring fest and a, a pretty fun game for fans with no rooting interest in this one. So, if I were a gambling man and I were to just say, you know what? I want to risk some money. I want to, I want to see what I can make here. I would actually put the Bengals on the money line and mm. think that they could win this trade up. This team, like this Bengals team that they've got a swagger and they've got a, you know, no one's counting, no one's giving them a shot. So we're just going to go, but they have the talent to back it up. Now if they can protect burrow. That's the biggest question for me in this game. Burrow was sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. And I'm not here to suggest that the chiefs pass rush is the equivalent of Tennessee. It's not. But if Burrow can be upright, they can match the Chiefs blow for blow offensively. Maybe not to the extent that Buffalo did, but they do it in a different way. Like everyone was all, all up on the Buffalo Bills jock, but it was literally just Josh Allen running the ball. It looked like backyard football. It looked like when I played flag football and you needed a first down, just give me the ball, I'm going to run it. Like That's what it yeah. looked like. The Bengals can handle this. It's going to come down to can they slow down the Chiefs a few times on defense? Can they get some takeaways and can they keep Burrow upright? I've got the Bengals getting seven and a half. I think they definitely cover. I've got the over as well. Wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals win and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't want that because I hate the Bengals. But at the same time, yeah, we are suffering from a little bit of Chiefs fatigue. We'll put it that way. Okay. So let's go to the Sunday at 6 30, the NFC championship game, the San Francisco 49ers. 
a Los Angeles Rams at the third time they've met this season. And I think San Fran has won both of the regular season matchups. This is in LA. LA is giving three and a half Michael NFC championship game. What do you think? Yeah, it's weird. San Fran like dominates SoFi Stadium too. Uh, I believe the the Rams ticket uh, brokers uh, were not allowing uh, people from Northern California or like uh, Bay Area like uh, like uh, addresses to buy tickets to this game uh, to have that true home field advantage. So we'll see how that plays out. But if you remember how high it was on the Rams at the beginning of the year. The, their trajectory was great, and then it slumped, and now I think it's pumping back in the right direction. I, I am riding the Rams now all the way to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to be my pick the rest of the way here. I know there's only two games left uh, for uh, either side, but um, I like the Rams with the extra points. Uh, I, I don't think San Fran as, is as talented as they are. I know they beat them, but still, I, I think in this environment, at home, uh the Rams, like they went through some adversity. I, I think they're they're learning how to win in the playoffs here. I, I think uh, I think this is going to be a great offensive coaching battle. Uh, I'm excited. I think this is going to be another fun game. But I'm taking the Rams plus the extra points. Well, the, the Rams are giving three and a half, so you're giving them three and a half to cover that spread, right? Yeah. Over under is forty five and a half. What do you think there? I, again, I think this is the over. Um, it, it's not the frozen tundra of Green Bay that we need to worry about here. Uh, I think Debo Samuel is a player that's almost unguardable right now. Uh, I know Cooper Cup has all the stats, but I, I think when it comes to completely dominating a football game, I think Debo might have the bigger impact on this game. But I think Stafford and that high-powered offense does enough. I think Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and those big stars that they have, uh, and Von Miller, like you're, forget about all the names yeah. that the Rams feature in their team, is enough to pull them across the finish line, slow down Jimmy Garoppolo. He's by far the worst quarterback left uh, in this, uh, In this, what, uh, the four of the remaining names. I, I don't think the Niners have the talent to match up with the Rams, but I think they have the coaching staff and enough talent to make things interesting. Ultimately, I think it's the over. I think both teams score and I think the Rams win. I have the Rams giving three and a half, but I have the under, believe it or not. San Francisco runs the football. Debo Samuel, whoever they have running the ball, they're not a team that wants to just go up and down. They're going to want to grind it out. That leads to lower scores. I have the under, but I do have the Rams. So in terms of my picks with the spread, I'd have a Bengals Rams Super Bowl, I guess. But we both think it's probably going to be Chiefs and Rams in the Super Bowl, which would be entertaining, which would be entertaining. All right, Michael, I'll let you get out of here. We have any final thoughts for our listeners out there. Yeah, I mean, on uh, on the day after, I guess, of uh, Ben announcing his official retirement, um, just uh, I would challenge you all, if you're listening, to just think back to your favorite uh, Big Ben memory. Uh, we got a, a lot of time in between Steelers football and a lot of time to debate what they should do this offseason. But uh, just uh, just have a little moment uh, if uh, you're a Big Ben or Roethlisberger fan, like I know both of us are. Uh, appreciate what he was able to do in his 18 years, and ho- hopefully we can get to some level of quarterback play close to that when he was at his peak uh, sometime soon, but also uh, just be honest with ourselves. There could be a chance that we don't see that for a few years. So uh, just be grateful for it happening. Uh, I guess it's kind of been the the theme of what I've been trying to say uh, from the beginning of the show to the end. So uh, take that moment for Ben. And uh, once again, thank you for tuning in guys. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time, Michael. Next week we'll be talking about the pro bowl. I'm sure it's going to be exciting stuff. So, uh, all right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. All right, Michael, have a good one. Take it easy. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. See ya. See ya.
All right, and a big thank you to Michael Beck as he always takes the time on Friday. I always enjoy that part of our show. And as we always finish up our podcast here on Fridays, a little heart-to-heart. So I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Ben Roethlisberger now is officially done. He's officially retired. All there's probably left is to just sign some papers and, I don't know, collect unemployment. Whatever He doesn't need unemployment. He's made over $250 million. However, it's one of those situations where I hope that the fan base – the Steelers fans out there, whether you've been alive for pre-Ben Roethlisberger quarterbacks or not, go into this season with an open mind. Go into it with no pre, no, like, I'm trying to think what the word is. Don't come in with any type of mental thought of what it's going to look like. No one knows what it's going to look like. No one knows if it's Matt Canada, what it's going to look like, which quarterback it is. Go into this season with an excitement with a rejuvenated spirit, and I'm like I said in 2019, when Roethlisberger went down with an elbow injury, I'll be the first to say I was excited. Not that I wanted Ben to be hurt, but I was excited to see what we had, what the Steelers had behind Roethlisberger. Now we get to see it. Maybe it's Mason Rudolph, maybe it isn't. We'll see. And you're going to hear a lot of people say, it's not Rudolph, blah, blah, blah. No one knows. No one knows. If you listen to Mason Rudolph's postseason presser, he said that this is the first time in his career that he's gotten an actual legitimate shot to go into camp being the starter. That is a big deal on a lot of fronts. So, folks, if you're out there, you're listening, you're not sure what to do this season, you're not sure how to handle a non-Ben Roethlisberger Steelers, just go in with an open mind. Go in with an open mind. See what this year has to bring and let let whatever happens happens and just enjoy it go for be along for the ride could be bumpy at times but be come along for the ride you won't regret it should be a lot of fun all right folks i hope you enjoy the conference championships this weekend i will be back on monday to talk about all things steelers and probably talk about some of those games and i hope you have a great weekend have a great weekend everyone i'll be back on monday in the meantime be safe be kind and god bless go steelers It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.